Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are and you know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about should you hold or should you sell? A lot of folks ask me that question lately. Um, everywhere, all different markets, all across the country. Tyler, what the market's going to crash? Should I get out while the getting's good? Guys, we talked about data-driven decisions last week or a week before it was. And um, I, I'm not necessarily in agreement that the market's going to just flat out crash. It's going to hit a peak. And it really depends on what market are you in, not just geographically, but what type of asset class are you in? You know, if you're in the office space, if, like if you own office, just like regular business office, things like that, well, you might be in for a rough ride by all means. But if you're in the multifamily space, or maybe even if you're in the single family space, then things may stick around for a while, depending on where you are in the market. And the real answer comes from going through the data. Well, you're going to need to make a decision at some point. You're going to drive yourself crazy lamenting over it. But some of the questions you should probably think about asking yourself, I want to run through with you real quick. First of all, what's it look like if you sell? What happens if you sell? Are you at the top of the market? Are you that kind of person that's like, well, if you sell now, you get your money, are you going to be beating yourself about the head and shoulders in six months if uh market keeps climbing and you left a hundred thousand on the table or more is that going to drive you crazy um if you're just selling and you don't really have a plan for the money i would maybe think it through a little bit maybe and, and let's say if it's a rental property do you like the cash flow have you talked to your cpa about the tax implications if you sell not just from the proceeds guys but if you've got a cpa that's playing by the rules and you're getting all the advantages of cash flowing real estate, and then you sell that cash flowing real estate. Well, there's thing you're going to lose those benefits. There's such a thing as depreciation recapture. There's all kinds of different things that could impact you from a tax perspective, a perspective, a taxation perspective that need to be considered. And this is where before you do anything, before you even call your realtor, get on the phone with your tax professional, tell them which property you're going to sell. If you got more than one, maybe it's your primary residence. I know everybody says, well, we're just going to do a 1031 exchange and everything will be great. Understand, guys, that a 1031 exchange is not a one-size-fits-all solution. It's not, for some people, it's not the right solution. For others, it is. And whether that, which one applies to you, really is a conversation that you need to have with your tax professional. Sit down with them and say, okay, what is, if any, my tax obligation if I sell this property right now? And I say, if any, because if it's a primary residence and you've lived in it two of the last five years, then you can exempt a good portion of your gains so far, until they take that away, that is. Um, so you may not have a tax obligation, but either way, you need to know what it is going in. Don't just assume it's like gajillion dollars. Know exactly what it's going to be. And when I say exactly, it's like, well, if you're going to sell your house for $300,000 and you bought it for $100,000, then you know you have a gain uh, of $200,000 that may or may not be subject to tax. So you talk to your buddy, your CPA, and say, hey, dude, um, what do you think my tax obligation is going to be on this joker? And they should give you a ballpark. And then you should know, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do an exchange because I don't want to do a deferment. I'd rather pay the taxes now because I think we all can agree that taxes are never going to go down. So for some people, it makes sense to just pay the taxes now. Maybe you're in a year where you've got write-offs that can help you from a tax perspective, not obviously with capital gains, but you may have other advantage, tax advantages at your disposal that you can use to reduce your tax burden this year, next year or something. So that comes with having a tax plan. And again, you need to work with somebody, a tax attorney or a, or a CPA to help you through that process so you're clear on what's going on. And the next thing is you got to consider is 
let's say you sell, you get your whatever you're going to get your upside. What are you going to do with it? You know, one of the things with a 1031 exchange that you have to think about is you have a time limit in which to place the funds. And guys, it's been slim pickings. Well, you know, there's stuff coming on the market, but there's not a huge amount of opportunity coming on the market. And there's not a whole lot off market. I have recently seen an uptick, but uh, Key West is kind of flatlined. Very little happening in Key West right now. And I, I mean, I'm on the streets. I'm talking to people. I know a lot of people now and the people I know know people. And there's not a whole lot of chatter about upcoming opportunities, which is a little disheartening, which is why we're, we're branching out. We're looking elsewhere in the state of Florida. We're looking at other markets um, to see what else we can find, both in long-term rentals, but we're looking at uh, long-term rentals where we can do a light value add, bring the rents uh, up to where they need to be, and focusing on serving a tenant that is more of a temporary, I'm going to say temporary, but not a short-term tenant. What I mean by that is folks that are out, that are moving to Florida. Here's what I know. I've got vacation rentals in other parts of Florida. And what I've learned is that the majority of my guests are people that initially book for a week and they stay for two, three months. And they're shelling out a fortune to stay in my place. I mean, a ridiculous fortune to stay in my places. And it seems like they're just standing in line to do it. So that's kind of exciting. So there's a short-term gain opportunity that we could buy into a rental property. We'll fur- Maybe we'll furnish it. We'll do some light improvements. We'll serve that community, those people that are moving. I know we talked about migration trends and whatnot. I have my finger on the pulse. I know where the people are coming from. I know how to reach them. And I have a robust database of people that have recently come to the state of Florida. And they have friends elsewhere that are following them that could then uh, move in. That could be our, ten- our tenants for the time being. So if I underwrite a property, let's say to make, I don't know, $1,000 an apartment to make $1,000 a month rent. And for a year, the next year, I get $2,000 a month rent. Well, that's freaking yippee skippy. That's good. And then uh, it's going to keep continue to appreciate because demand of people moving to Florida is off the chain. Uh, and as long as demand doesn't wane, which I don't think it's going to because people are like rats escaping a sinking ship. They're flying out of California and all the blue states and whatnot to come to Florida. And of course, anywhere it snows, it sucks when it snows. Nobody likes when it snows. It's it's cold and miserable, except maybe you're a little kid and you like to make snow angels. But it's not fun in a lot of other places, and they don't want to be there anymore. People want to get out of the city. And they're coming to Florida. As I said last week, they're coming to Tennessee. They're coming to um, Texas. So I want to be in the path of progress. So I'm, we're absolutely branching out. That's the cool thing about having a fund is that we can capture opportunity in several different markets in Florida and build uh, teams throughout Florida. I already have a team baked in in the Tampa Bay area, which is exciting. So I am actively looking for opportunity there. Also looking up in the nature coast, uh, up in that way, up, up towards the uh, Jacksonville, up towards the, the state line. Lots of opportunity coming down the pike, guys, for to do those type of rentals where we run them for a couple of years at higher rents. Uh, that'll cover a lot of our construction costs, and a lot of our maintenance costs, maybe our, our um, improvements and whatnot. And at the same time, the value is going to continue to climb and continue to climb and continue to climb. And if I can get good, uh, decent interest rate, fixed rate financing for long term, why not? And then the investors that cho- choose to join us, well, they're going to have, they're going to be, they're going to do quite well for themselves. That's the plan. Um, you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do? How are you going to replace the cash flow, guys? If you're going to do a rental property, if you're, going to, if you're selling a cash flow asset, maybe you got a rental property, a house, a duplex, a fourplex, a fifty plex, whatever it may be, and you get used to that cash flow coming in. 
I bounce back and forth about sometimes selling my rentals because I think, well, you know, I could recapitalize and I'd be doing quite well because I've got, I got a nice portfolio of appreciation just sitting there right for the picking. Now, I don't invest for appreciation. And I know you apartment guys are listening to me going, you crazy. Um, but I invest for cash flow. I, I like that predictable stream of income coming in. I raise it responsibly every year. I maintain the properties. Uh, we just did roofs on, on one of our buildings. Uh, everything is manicured in the way it should be, looking sharp, looking pretty. That's the way we want it, and that's how we grow uh, as investors and grow as a brand. So how long are you willing to sit without the cash flow? Well, for me, if I wiped out all, if I sold all my assets and sold all my notes and sold everything, I would have no cash flow. I would have a chunk of change I'd be sitting on, but that would make me nervous because it's an inflationary environment. And I don't want to be sitting on a big chunk of cash in an inflationary environment. I want my money out working, outpacing inflation, hopefully, uh, outpacing inflation. And if you haven't been paying attention, inflation is somewhere around the 8% mark, depending on which news cycle you happen to be paying attention during. So if you're going to buy another asset, what kind of asset would that be? I don't think, and this is just my little prediction, and guys, I'm not an economist, but I, I can read and write, and I've studied trends, I would be avoiding the office space uh, market right now, unless you plan on buying something and to put, turning it into housing or maybe into retail or something like that. But the folks that own office are hurting for certain. Now, what's interesting is I talked to a syndicator the other day, a fellow syndicator who's doing a medical office. And what they say, they're doing quite well. So that's exciting. I, I want to hear more about it. So I'm going to get on a call with them and we're going to discuss it and see what they're working on. Do I not, you know, I get opportunity brought my way because I explore other folks' opportunity. I like to talk to other syndicators, find out what are you guys working on? What are you sourcing right now? I'm seeing people doing uh, conversions from hotels to apartments. Uh, some of the motels and whatnot from the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, concrete block and whatnot are being converted to efficiency in one-bedroom and two-bedroom apartments. Uh, that, work, that model works really well in some markets. You'll need to do your own individual research to figure out where, you know, on your asset to see if that makes sense or not. But in some markets, that's very viable. It's a way to create multifamily without having to pay that build cost because cost of new construction, depending on where you are, can be very, very high. And of course, you've seen in the last 12 months, uh, construction materials have been all over the place. One minute they're up, the next minute they're down. Lumber cost, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the commodities. So that impacts your build cost. So you're going to have to kind of make sure you pencil all that stuff in so that you don't wind up spending an absolute fortune. You don't over-improve or overbuild a property, and now it won't generate the cash flow. The good news is, is if you're in a market where, you know, an emerging market or where people are migrating to, you should be able to enjoy steady increases in rent. And that's one of the reasons why we're staying in Florida. The the, uh, the fund, we're, we're going to keep buying and keep buying in Florida because we know that these properties are going to continue to improve in value, they're going to continue to improve in cash flow, and that makes sense. So, stay tuned. You're going to see a lot of stuff coming out from CashflowGuys.com. Uh, you're going to see a little bit of a, a I'm going to call it a light rebrand because we we've invested a lot of time and effort in Key West. We're not leaving Key West. I'm, I have no intention at this point to leave Key West, but we're going to branch out a little bit. And to do that, I'm going to start using the Cashflow Guys brand a little more out there on the internet to make that happen. So you're going to see probably a lot more of me coming up on, and Mike on social media and our, uh, Rob, he'll be, uh, he'll be involved as well. Remember Rob was the guy uh, here from the Key West. He's my buddy down here in Key West. Uh, he's also a realtor and he's an investor and he's a sharp guy. 
and uh, he's helping us with uh, as basically a acquisition manager. He's out there pounding the pavement. He's working both the Tampa Bay market with me, and he's working the the Hernando and uh, uh, North Pasco, and I'm working the Pinellas County and South Pasco, and then in Hillsboro. So we got all kinds of good stuff going on. Um, you need, if you haven't talked to me in a while, if you haven't gotten a call, you probably need to go to cashflowguys.com forward slash book Tyler. Get on a call with me. Let's see how we can collaborate and help you guys get going and cash flowing here in 2022. Now, uh, one of the things you have to do is you're going to have to run the numbers, guys. If you're going to do your own deals, make sure you're running the numbers on debt costs because mortgage rates are climbing. We don't know how high, but I just heard recently um, somebody got pitched a uh, – Eight and a half to ten and a half percent rate structure is like good gravy. That's kind of high, so you better stress test your deal. So if your if your lender tells you that we're going to give you an adjustable rate for five years or seven years, the next thing you need to do is apply that rate bump to your deal and see if your deal can afford to pay it. So what does that mean? That means you take your underwriting and you assume that your debt payments are going to be based on eight and a half percent interest, and if the Income that's obviously gonna, that's going to take a big chunk out of your net income, and you're gonna you have to look at the deal and say, hey, does this thing still cash flow? And if the answer is no, then don't sign on the dotted line, pull out of the deal, or renegotiate with a lender or find a different lender. Okay, now I work with more than one lender. That's the good news. We work with a couple different lenders. We're actually getting set up uh, with a lender that I've worked with for years that I just didn't have uh, cash flow capital set up with. We're doing that right now because we're looking at branching out into other assets in other parts of Florida. And this particular lender has their finger on the pulse and they're very effective in the smaller multifamily space. So obviously I want to bring them on board and have them join the team because they're going to be a big benefit to us. Ask yourself this question. Can you get fixed rate financing on the assets that you're going to get? And if you can't, what terms can you get? Now, don't assume just because you're on a one, two, three, four unit property and the residential side of things that you can get 30-year amortization because not all banks are doing that right now, especially on investment pieces. So you're going to have to ask them, and what I would do is get a term sheet. And I realize that lenders these days, for whatever reason, seem to be a little resistant to give a term sheet because things are changing. It's like they're writing everything down in chalk. And I'm not blaming the lenders by any means, but there's just a lot of stuff going on all over the place right now uh, with the markets and everything. There's a lot of uncertainty so they're a little probably concerned about putting thing in, putting things in ink if they then have to change their tune later on. So rate locks on, is getting a little more challenging to get done. They're, they're kind of tapping their toes and stalling a little bit to get rate locks. I've seen a little bit of that. So just keep your eyes and ears open, guys. Uh, be smart out there. And understand that if you make a deal on something and the deal changes, then structure your offers in such a way that you have a way to get out and get made whole. You get your earnest money back. Now, it's not going to help you with due diligence, due diligence and things like that. But, you know, be smart when you're going under contract with these guys. I mean, there's, it's tough, 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 tough these days to get under contract. Uh, and if you get under contract real easy, that probably means you're paying too much. <laughs> I can tell you right now because um, there's not a whole lot happening that's off market, at least not that, that I've seen. I've got two assets that we're working on right now. Well, one in Key West and one in another town in Florida that are off market, but I'm not seeing a ton of stuff that's off market. Now, what, what do I do see a lot of wholesalers have got into the commercial space and they will say, Oh, this is quote unquote off market. And then when you finally get the deal package in front of you, you realize that it's been on loop net for two years. 
Um, so I don't can really consider that off market. I consider that it fell off market. <laughs> it fell right the hell out of the market. And so be smart guys. Everybody's out there trying to rip these deals apart and make a buck. You know, I got, I've seen wholesalers. One guy sent him one to my desk the other day, $40 million deal. Dude's assignment fee was $10 million. It's like, good night, brother. Good luck with that. Meanwhile, you're driving a, you're driving a, a, a Kia and you're trying to get, you think you're going to get a $10 million assignment fee. Good luck with that. I have a tough time believing that the seller knows that you're under contract because you're probably not on a $40 million deal. But um, if something changes in your deal, you have to ask yourself, what will you do? How can you move? How can you pivot? Build that stuff into the deal. And if you guys ever get stuck and you need advice on, on things like that, I'm not an attorney, but I've been doing this a long time. Can't give you legal advice, but I can give you strategy advice that there's no law against that. So if you get stuck in a bind on how to put together an offer or how to present it or you need some help with that stuff, get on a call with me. Go to keywestcashflow.com, or sorry, go to cashflowguys.com uh, on the website. Hit the Ask Tyler button. Make an appointment with me. Let's get on the phone. Let's talk about it. If you want, we can do a Zoom. You can screen share with me. Make sure you have all the information you need. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions like what's the seller going to do with the money? Uh, so be ready for that. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. And if you don't have all the answers, I'm not going to beat you up over it. But I'm going to require you to go get the answers before I can give you answers because this is not a guessing game, guys. And this is a very exacting science. And don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help if you get stuck. I just had a phone call last Friday or, yeah, last Friday or Monday. No, is it Friday? Yeah, Friday. I was up in the woods. I called Uncle Larry Harbolt because I'm working on a negotiation right now and I need Larry's insight. And I'm fortunate to have Larry as a mentor on my team. I can say, Larry, here's the situation. Here's the suck. And I know exactly what questions Larry's going to ask me because he wants a lot of information before he gives me any opinion. And I was able to give him all the information. And guess what? It was a, it was a one and done phone call. And it was a life changing phone call because he picked up on things that I didn't, that I overlooked because I, but he asked me all the right questions and I knew the answers and then he helped me diagnose the problem. And then we went ahead and presented it to the seller. We are not necessarily under contract yet, but I covered a lot more ground because I had access to Uncle Larry. Now, I realize most of you guys don't have access to Uncle Larry. Um, you probably would have had to have been a student of his to do that or a close friend as I am. And But that said, if, you can, if you're not a student of Larry's and you never worked with Larry before, uh, you're welcome to reach out to me. Or if you have a mentor, reach out to them and Ask them the questions. Get through it. Um, make sure if you're going to sell your asset, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm not saying that now is not a bad time to sell the asset. Uh, guys, I'm getting ready to liquidate a couple things right now just because I want to recapitalize. I want dry powder because it's fixing to get ugly out there. And people are going to panic as things start to get worse and worse and worse. So I'm I'm rolling the dice on people panicking. And what I mean by that, I know people are will deal with it by deal by emotion not by logic. And that's how I've always put together pretty amazing deals for myself and my partners is by being ready, powder dry. So when things start to go haywire with a seller, I start watching for problems, seeing changes, management issues. They're having a tough time. Their guests are complaining. They're getting bad feedback. If it's a vacation rentals, things like that. These are the things I watch and pay attention to. If I see the property starts to get a little, looking a little disheveled, I have bird dogs out in markets all across Florida bird dogging for me, looking for opportunity. And when they see this opportunity, they call me and say, Hey Tyler, this guy's had newspapers stacked up or the tenants, four tenants just bailed out on this place. That means we probably have a management issue. 
Uh, that also means the seller is probably receptive to talking to me, and that's when I start tearing up the phone. Or maybe I jump in the Jeep and I drive a, drive across Florida and go knock on their door because I'm not against doing that. Uh, my responsibility to my investors is to continually bring new cash-flowing deals into the fund so we can all do well for ourselves, and that is my job, and that's what I do. So I've set myself up to be nimble to be able to do that, and frankly, I enjoy the hell out of it. I like getting out in the field. If you haven't subscribed to the Cashflow Guys YouTube channel, you probably should because I'm going to start putting some more videos. I haven't done it in a long time, but I'm going to start putting some videos up on the Cashflow Guys YouTube channel, trying to capture some of this stuff when I'm out in the field, as I'm out in the field, uh, and bring it to you guys so that you can maybe do the same thing if you want to do it in your market. Uh, or if you want to invest with us, you can kind of get a, a clear understanding on exactly what we're doing. So that's what we're up to right now. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you took some value to this. and. Maybe put some thought into if it's time to sell or it's not time to sell. And again, for some of you, heck yeah, sell. If you've got something you can invest in that makes sense, like maybe you're a Bitcoiner, then sell the hell out of that because or you're a real estate and buy your Bitcoin if you believe in it. But uh, at the end of the day, guys, be smart out there. Be safe out there. And after all, have some fun. I mean, we've had a rough couple of years, all of us. I mean, everybody's had a rough couple of years. And I said it a couple of times. I think I've said it every damn week this year. 2022 can be an amazing year for you if you let it be. That all begins by taking massive action, by realizing that the only way you're going to change your situation is to institute change. You're going to have to do something different. As we always say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's not going to work. It's never worked. It's not going to ever, ever work. So you got to get out there and do different stuff. Take action. I'll catch up with you guys next week. Have a great one. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.